Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello! Listen, you smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. We're filmmakers, we're fans, and we are finaleing today, oh. I think. Oh, no, not really. This isn't a series finale. Welcome we- 99 got cancelled, guys. No! We're crying. It's bad endings today. Oh, it's not it's not good. Um, you may notice that Chancellor is <laughs> absent. That is because his reanimated corpse has run amok. Um, we're currently getting it fixed at the what local a- witch doctor. So He's such a hassle that Chancellor. I know, I know. He's right. a stop. Oh, yeah, hopefully it shouldn't. It should should work. But uh, we have our uh, regular replacement guest, Zane C. Weber, on today. It's Zane C. Weber, and I have opinions about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and that I think it's time and it shouldn't have kept going. Really? Oh, but season five's been one of its strongest. I, thematically. I like the show. I like all of the episodes and the characters. And it's about time that we started finishing things before they got tedious and terrible. Okay, but mm. if... You could right now. You had the, the, the Satan came down, came up, and he was like, <laughs> came down, and he was fun. like, um, "I will give you the power to like Brooklyn Nine Nine will continue, and all those new seventy episodes of Rick and Morty are ended. Would you take that deal? Oh fuck, because I kind of would. Yes, I I'm like I, I seventy fi- fucking episodes. Seventy. 70 but episodes. here's the thing: is that Rick and Morty is going to get. Lazy, like not lazy. It's going to get boring faster than I think Brooklyn Nine Nine will. I don't really care. Don't really care. I don't really care that much about either of them. Okay, I like both of them, yeah. but again, like just continuing something for the sake of continuing something, like. But when it's found, I think shows when they find their stopping point, something like like there's talk of Thirty Rocks reboot, and that no, no, that is perfect, and like yeah, the. The final season's a little rushed, but it finished, and yeah. it was it was good. So, and yeah. also like Parks and Rec, like it went on a season too long. Yeah, yeah, cool endings like this conversation. Should so end. yes, and okay, <laughs> so we're talking about endings yeah. this week, um, in the middle of an ongoing run of a of a podcast. But we, uh, <laughs> as usual, we start by asking, "What have Guys, you been sorry watching?" We're <laughs> <laughs> we asked by, "What have you been watching?" And Zane, what have you been watching this week? I have been watching the first season of Smash. I've watched all again, of, again. Yeah, you yeah. you put yourself through that torture again. <laughs> I I like the first season of Smash because I I really even the like random let's break into an, all of the characters. Even so. the random let's break into an Adele rumor has it number just cause. <laughs> okay, when it was released, you could only compare it to Glee, and it was a better comparison than the Glee musical TV show. And it's a musical TV show. It's going to do weird things. So I yeah. just, I never liked the story. I only ever liked the story within the story of the musical. And then like the rest of the show was so 
it could have been so much better. Like technically, story wise, performance wise. I don't. I don't disagree. <laughs> but why I watched going, it again. Why are you doing it again? There are so many other better things to watch. Well, I've also been watching. I watched all of Legion. Ooh, which I love. Uh, I love that show. Still haven't watched it yet. And it was, it's so out there. No, it's not out there. It's exactly what I've always wanted. Like it's a it's a it's a mutant sci-fi yeah. story about what happens when you bring telepaths into the room. There's like yeah. things get weird and mm. you're inside people's heads and I, yeah, yeah, that is I love how they do that show visually. It's I like I'm I just put it on and there's like there's like a they 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 fuck with the aspect ratio in the middle of it. There's so much work going on just outside of the plot and it's almost at points plotless. And I love that a TV show is being that bold. I yeah. haven't finished season one just yet, but I'm, I'm like two episodes off and then I've got season two to go. And Aubrey Plaza. <gasps> got a lot to catch up she's on. She's so good. Nice. She is good in it. I don't think she's the best in it. No, no. But no. she is doing good work and she's playing against Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. So, I lo- is- when Aubrey Plaza plays against Aubrey Plaza, like in um, uh, Ingrid Goes West, Ingrid Goes West was off. really good as mm-hmm. well. Really good as well. What else have you watching? Uh, season three of American Horror Story. Sorry, Coven. Coven. Oh, Coven. Ah, yes. Which is my favorite. And honestly, I'm doing it because I I'm I'm I don't want to spend time on things that I might not like. So I'm just going back and revisiting things <laughs> okay. that I like. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, what about you, True Josh? Stuff. What have you been watching? Oh, I've been watching nothing because I've been making a film myself. So. You've been making a film yourself? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, I've been pre-production, so I can't watch anything. I have you watched have anything related to your film? Any like little <sighs> web series or short films? Which might be a topic coming up next week. <laughs> uh, not, not this week, honestly. It's just like just been sort of not having the time to do things. I just have the entire week scheduled out just for meetings, and that's what I yeah. do. Well, you're only like three, two weeks off filming, aren't you? Mm, week yeah. and a half. Week and a half. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's, how, that's how it gets. <laughs> it's terrifying. So nothing for me this week, but what have you been watching? Oh, what have I been watching? I've yeah. been watching quite a bit. I've started watching the US version of The Office. Uh-huh. Which I'm liking a Sounds lot. Funny. It's 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 my pick for the best comedy mm. ever. Really? Yeah. Over TV Thirty show. Rock? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's interesting. But I'm I'm I thought it would be a lot less good than it is. But I'm on season three at the moment. Season one was really dry. Like the Ricky Gervaisness of it was really it's prevalent. basically replotting the but, Ricky yeah, Gervais yeah, one. But and then right. they just got rid of that come season two, and they went into much better writing territory. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and they had for me one of like the most interesting gay relate. Like when an, when a show does a gay episode, and it's the gay witch hunt episode because that should have been so bad and offensive, and yet it was so heartfelt at the same time. It, like yeah. it towed this line I've never seen comedy kind of do. Uh, and I'm really loving it and I love the characters and I love how they can be the worst people ever and then like pull at your heartstrings. Like the bit where Pam was crying and then Dwight comes and comforts her yeah, and he comforts her in a very Dwight way. And then Wait, he, at the end of it, what season are you watching? On season three. Okay. And this is, and this is the part <laughs> where Dwight like, Dwight's like, you're PMSing pretty bad. Like that's on the oh, end of the yeah. scene. And that's uh-huh. such a Dwight thing to say, but the intention there was so... Honest, it yeah. works. I actually think, and it's- I think that that's the charm of the office, yeah. the US, is that the the UK one is just about these weird people being weird in a normal situation, whereas the office is about real people are weird, and this is how real people weird, and people 
fucking up as bad as people yeah. do in real life, but with all the best intentions. Um, I've been watching The Handmaid's Tale is back. Mm, can't do it. Sorry. Is it because it's just too intense? It makes me too angry. Yeah, I can't yeah. I, season two is like they did a full episode um, about uh, one of the characters and, it, I mean, it's it's rough. It is rough mm-hmm. to watch. I don't watch and season it's one. So one, relevant. Spoilers, so. No, 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 no. I uh, won't spoil it. But it's like it's a very anxiety-inducing television show. It's it's can't very wait. intense, and so it. I don't. I think it's one of those very few shows. I think like Breaking Bad. It can't be binged, or it shouldn't be binged because that will fuck you up. Mm. But so it's you, good, you need those breaks yeah, to like um, take in what's been shown. Yeah, yeah, I will say. Yeah, I, I think you really need the, the break <clears throat> from how that story makes you feel. Like if you keep going, like it's just going, it's going to make you either really depressed. Because it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not ups and downs, it's downs and downs for the bulk of it. It's very good. Season, I have to say season two, Reed Morano isn't involved creatively in the way she was in season one. And her absence visually is really apparent because she has such a, style that was perfect for that show the way she she's the in my opinion at least living the best person for close-ups just Mm. anywhere and her absence was very apparent and they're trying to expand the world so i get that they're opening it up past the close-ups with the bonnets but it's just Mm. lacking a little bit of that craft that made the first season quite exceptional but it's still good and still um still intense um and then i um and then i did uh I started a marathon of a filmmaker, Preston Sturgis, who's like one of the first Hollywood writer, director, auteurs. Um, and I started marathoning his work. He's got, he's got, he's one known for like the witty banter and stuff. And he influenced like Tarantino, Sorkin, mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and I watched mm. his first film, The Great McGinty, which he sold the studio for $10 so that he could direct. <laughs> I didn't like it very much. Have you seen this one? I have not seen it. It's not good. It's like, it's kind of like a sentimental esque citizen Kane kind of arc about a guy, a no nobody guy who becomes like a politician and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't very funny. The, there was this weird um uh uh bookends with uh, the whole thing being a flashback and it didn't quite make a lot of sense. I didn't I was like, God, this is his first movie. Apparently it was a hit because then he did a movie called Christmas in July. And this is weird. This is like an hour long movie, but it's actually kind of good. It's like a guy who like accidentally thinks he's won a million dollars and through a lot of circumstances that are like plausible in 1940 to happen, but couldn't happen now because everyone would just check everything online. He <laughs> he gets to claim, so workmates play a prank on him that he's won this advertising makeup a slogan thing yeah. and he wins a bunch of money and he goes into the thing and basically gets the money unknowingly and then he uses it to help a bunch of people. And, and it was like, it was good and it was funny and it was nice. It was weirdly short, but I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see he's, getting his rhythm and the thing, but he's done a movie called Sullivan's Travels and Unfaithfully Yours, which I'm going to get to when I work through his thing that they're supposed I've seen clips from them. They are fucking hilarious, but, um, and that, and then I finished Santa Clarita Diet season two, which was good, 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 good. Mm. So on my list. Yes. Um, anyway, ending. So we're talking about endings, endings. this week because we needed a topic and to come at a short notice. And this is one that I'd actually done like a Can talk. Can you guys tell? <laughs> I'd done a talk at my screenwriters group on it. So I had all these notes that I kind of pre-done, <laughs> which is well. Oh, I see. <laughs> I just needed something I could like copy and paste. Prepare the content. We love it. Why are endings important? Why do we think endings I are mean, important? Why are beginnings important? Like it's... it's <laughs> Is an integral part of the story. If a story doesn't, doesn't but I think, end, 
I think you can have a shit beginning and if you have a good ending, it works. But if you have a great opening and then the end of the movie is rubbish, it will be bad. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Like yeah. you just, and then that like taints the entire film experience because you need to have a tight yeah. ending that justifies everything that's come yeah. before it's it. It's the last thing you leave with as the audience mm. member. So it's, well, it's the first and last impression. Yeah. So mm. yeah. If, you ha- if you have a good first impression, a good last impression, and the middle is so-so... People will forget the so-so and yeah. they'll remember the, mm. the first one. Yeah, part. yeah, it's it, it's it's true. And it kind of ties, like you said, it kind of ties the whole story, even if it's not like literally, like if it's like an ambiguous kind of a thing. But thematically, mm. it should, <laughs> in a good movie, tie. It's like uh, if together. the opening should have, it should, the opening should be able to tell the entire film within that opening or that first scene. And then the ending should sort of do the same but reversed in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard that. And that's like interesting yeah writing a lot of writing kind of books mm. suggest that i found um blake snyder's save the cat mm. talks about the opening image and the closing image and they should be exact mirrors of each other mm. and i've seen i've done it's a that. lot of video like essays and like yeah. show real stuff it's like the two yeah. shot, last shots as well the first last shot and then like the impression it leaves on you just by watching it's like oh wow okay. yeah yeah and i try yeah. to or at least at some part like in red curtain hell it's not exactly the opening image because the opening image is like a disabled parking sign, but <laughs> it, I, I, to me, the movie of Red Curtain Hell is from when the show starts to when the show ends, mm-hmm. and it opens on a dead stage and closes on a different kind of dead stage. And I like those, that, and it's literally the same shot. Yeah, we, we took it yeah. from that, those same angles, and I did that intentionally. Um, but the, the kinds of endings there are, and I kind of like broke these down into these are just my definition because I didn't, I couldn't find any solid scholarly take on breaking down the kinds of endings because <laughs> it's all different everywhere, but I kind of just tried to group them up. So we'll talk about the different, like we'll introduce it and we'll talk about the different kinds. So the first up is the one that everyone knows from when they're a child, it's the happily ever after. Mm. And for me, it's defined by the hero gets exactly what they wanted and all is right in the end. Close credit. kind of like can be fit into the hero's journey in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Although hero's journey is one of those things I think can work in, through all of these kind of mm. endings, but like the very, very classic kind there of There is also of the, the twist of the happy ending, whereas the hero has been struggling in one direction and then the happy ending comes from a surprise direction. Yeah, well, that's, yes. I, I yeah. kind of grouped that as like a different kind of happy ending. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was the one under it. Did you get them a notes? I, I the notes. did, but I, I looked through them <laughs> twice. Shane, I've just arrived here. Okay. Uh, okay. This isn't my <laughs> house. <laughs> we broke in. Uh, Reagan. But um, yeah. for me, something like uh, this goes for something like Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life, uh, Cinderella. The, the, the one that everyone kind of knows it from is Cinderella. She wants the prince. She gets the prince. Mm-hmm. It's all happy in the end. Um, also something like National Treasure. I think it's one where it doesn't, it's not an unexpected, you hate that movie. I love I those hate movies. it so much. And why do you always bring it up when I'm here? Because <laughs> he wants to twist the knife. Um, but it's, he's searching for the treasure and then he finds the treasure. Um, we also, we should probably spoilers. clarify that spoilers are going to abound. We'll try and avoid the oh, yeah. Ending, yeah. endings, guys. We're just well, we'll talk about endings. it just in terms of the title and say, oh, it's a tragic ending or something like that without going into specifics. But we'll go into specifics or something like, mm. like I mean, if you haven't seen the ending of In- if you haven't seen Inception, you know. People still get mad. They'll be like, oh, this ending is tragic. They'll be like, they're expecting it. And then they're just going to hate us. Yeah, yeah. So we better be um, prepared. But something like, I mean, the, the happily ever after has kind of fallen out of fashion, but I personally really love it. I don't know how you feel about it. Happy ever after is totally fine way to end a nice. movie. Yeah. <clears throat> but. Like with almost every other kind of ending, you have to earn it. 
Like mm. if if you're in a story, even a Disney movie, if they don't struggle to get their happy ending up, happy happy ever after, like <laughs> why are we watching the film? If there's no conflict. <clears throat> so yeah. I think that is that is one of the things that uh, Pixar does so great in their kids' movies yeah. and that mm. Disney is starting to do in their kids' movies is putting real conflict into happy ever after movies where you know that it's probably going to end up some version of happy ever after, but they're actually putting real conflict and real stakes in their movies, whereas things like Over the Hedge or whatever, <laughs> it's, just a, <laughs> it's just a kid's movie that's a delivery system for jokes. It's not a real Something story. I feel like that about yeah. Despicable Me, although people people debate me on that, and I get, I think number one has better themes in it. I just do not remember them. <laughs> I just remember it was just a vehicle for jokes. That's just not um, that But something too. I think is actually really interesting, and I realized this literally as I was writing these notes, is that Pan's Labyrinth and Kill Bill are both, in happy terms ever. of being happy endings, they are that yeah, the hero ever. gets exactly what they set out to do. Yeah. And yet, not to the hero, but to the audience, it's unexpected. Yeah. And I actually realized, I'm like, oh, that's the perfect happily ever after where it's, and those two movies are. Where they're like, fighting against the audience. Yeah. yeah. It's just plays yeah, with yeah, expectations yeah. and, it's and everything. really yeah. cool. But they all, like, yeah, I just kind of realized that. And it made me appreciate both those movies even more, like just this morning. Mm. I was like, shit. Sort of breaking the mold slightly of what we expect from happy endings. Yeah. Because like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. get so... We get them read to us when we're like young children and we grow up with that. That's the one we grew up with. And then if we, yeah. we, get, we expect it and it's going to be boring. So Yeah. Um, mm. So next on the list is is the unexpected happy ending, which to me is like the hero doesn't get what they originally wanted, but it's still fine as it wasn't what they needed. Oh, okay. Yeah, this isn't what I was meaning before. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So the unexpected happy ending is just kind of a coming out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like a Deus Ex Machina, un- unearned one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, for me, this is something like um, Casablanca, I think, is, I mean, every screenwriting book you ever read, ever, this is the movie that they will tell you about, f- f- like, ad nauseum, because the hero, <laughs> the hero wants the girl. He's like, he starts the movie, I stick my neck out for nobody. He ends the movie giving up the girl and sticking his neck out for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And and yet it's such a great ending because of the journey that he goes on. Um, and to me it's like the most common one or it like pretty much because, uh, you know, we, we harp on about how bad Hollywood, but they'll occasionally, they, they will be trying to not just give you a really A to B to C thing. Yeah. Well, I, I think most screenwriters play against that now. Yeah. Because that, to, is, yeah. that is an easy an easy story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives, I like is that it gives us a sense of irony and yet it's still wrapped up in a nice bow. So it gives us a kind of the best of both worlds. It's not a tragedy. It's not a, just a totally everything worked out ever. Yeah. And it's this like nice middle ground. And that I think, or the thinking behind it is that it reflects more like life. Like we kind of get some things, we don't get other things. And sometimes we find something new. Um, Movies like Mrs. Doubtfire. I think I like this or Enchanted wow. I think is one of a really, really good example of that because it is literally a, a fairy tale. It's a, I, I, yeah. 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 Mm. And and yet she, she doesn't get, and what's weird is that the, the quote unquote, not the villain, but the other woman gets the fairy tale ending and she wanted it more. And I, st- I think that movie is so much more genius than anyone ever gives it credit for. Um, especially because it was Disney making it as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, the Wolf of Wall Street was an interesting one that I think fits this ending as well. Um, 
but yeah, don't buy a picture. Buy a picture. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and you unless, don't <clears throat> unless they betray their story at the end for the sake of the ending. I don't think they can take take credit for the the style of ending. True, that they true, true. <laughs> um, and to me, I think sometimes these endings can feel more complete than a happily ever after because it's unexpected and we like surprises and like little ones and some people don't like giant surprises but we like them and so it feels like we got more out of it than if we knew where it was going to end from the beginning and then it ends exactly where we expected to okay that's cool nice and we forget it but we remember those kind of surprises uh so next up is the tragic ending the tragedy um i had this once defined to me as and it was a really good way. It's it's the reason why a story ends tragically is because the hero refuses to change or makes the wrong decision. Um, what, what about you, you guys in tragedy? Oh, it's sort of like, yeah, it's the wrong decision, but sometimes it's even more tragic when they have the good intentions that it's still the wrong decisions are motivated by good intentions. And then it's like, then they fuck up and then that's yeah. worse for me than, 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 than just they made a wrong decision. Like I yeah. want there to be proper motivation for or even the tragedy. Overwhelming odds. Yeah, overwhelming yeah. odds, yeah. If everyone, I mean, I'm I'm not going to feel bad about spoiling uh, Dancer in the Dark. That's just kind of like no, I haven't seen it, but go ahead. Well, it's okay. It's not a happy ending. I, I've 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 gotten that impression from everyone who ever talks about it ever. <laughs> and it's just like the the main character is this person who just wants one good thing, and that's all she wants to achieve, and that's all she's going for, and then she just keeps getting knocked down and knocked mm. down and knocked down. Mm. Um, and that that's the, the the tragedy of that movie, and it's not really. J- isolated to the ending it's the whole movie (laughs) um so yeah for for me something like the mist i think is a really great (laughs) tragic (laughs) ending i remember seeing that i wish i saw that on the cinema i remember seeing it and being like because you just no one has the balls to do that in an ending (laughs) and yet it works it makes sense because of all the fucked up shit that they'd seen yeah um uh, Romeo and Juliet, the cl- like, I mean, all of Shakespeare's tragedies yeah, are, are very classic. Right. Something like Sunset Boulevard, I think, is a really good mm. tragedy, like a really good because yeah. the character, the he, he, he he's, the, the decisions he makes are the wrong ones for reasons that we can totally understand. Uh, Drag Me to Hell is interesting. A lot of hor- a lot of horrors are tragedies, um, and they're usually kind of done. I mean, yeah, because sometimes twist endings and tragedies can fit hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, times. and it tends to be tragedies tend to be more of about being like a lesson or preaching by lack of example or do, mm. don't do do yeah, what this don't. person <laughs> did, which is kind of what they originated from the Greek tragedies. That's where it was yeah. these moral lessons about the gods and sort of stuff mm. like that. Um, I find they can be really ham-fisted at times, especially in Australian cinema. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I saw some movies like um, sorry, not <laughs> that long ago, and it was just like uh, it's it's misery porn, and it's and that's where it's unearned. I think tragedy. A lot of people think, oh, tragedy is the opposite of um, uh, uh the happy ending, and because everyone thinks the happy ending is cliche, uh, they're like, oh, the tragedy is how we have to go, but tragedy can be just as unearned. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Um, for me, I think it can be. So, so there's the ham-fisted version, but there's the really deeply profound one. Something like Atonement to me is... Have mm. you seen Atonement, Josh? I <gasps> Put that on your list. 
you need to be in the right frame of mind. It's 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 intense, Crap. but <laughs> that to me is like a really deeply profound tragedy. And every time I watch that movie, I forget just how good it is. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's one you have to be in the right. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. You, you don't, <laughs> don't like national treasure. When it's Zane. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like most things, unless the things that I don't national like. treasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got so uh, the next ending is the twist ending, yeah, which is quite a Shyamalan. Shyamalan, like oh literally, it's weird that now he's just become so synonymous with it. It's because that's the only thing he did. Yeah. For his a majority of his movies. career. Yeah. I, I hope he's starting to change. It looks like, I mean, small. Oh, split. Read the visit and then split. And I didn't of... watch the visit because that looked like Robert. <laughs> there was a twist in that, though, wasn't it? And it was yeah. like that the, the grandparents weren't even the grandparents. Spoilers, but it's a terrible <laughs> movie, so don't bother. <laughs> um, uh, I, I've got, for, for me, it's an, a twist because movies can have a twist in them, like um, uh, Fight Club, but to me, it's not a twist ending. Mm. Uh, to, uh, the twist is like literally the final moments reveal a twist that then changes the so context of the, the entire yeah. movie that yeah. just so usual suspects basically. usual suspects is a massive one, one. Yeah. Um, I've got I've literally got the two that everyone knows the usual suspects and the sixth sense mm. because the sixth sense and I still remember the first time I saw the sixth sense I watched it knowing the twist the first time because it's yeah. such a pop culture thing and I found it just as good that time around, which I, which that's the wow. trick of a twist ending mm. is if you know the twist and the movie still works yep. with it. Um, and so few people do that. Even Shyamalan who basically um, proliferated it as a thing in a movie also failed to do it past, <laughs> really past Unbreakable, I guess. But Unbreakable to me isn't like a twist it's ending. It's not a twist ending. It's no, just... it's, it kind of answers the question that's asked in the movie. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, Same with... Uh, the what's the one in the woods? The village. The village. It's kind of like that's not a twist. You just yeah. You, you're yeah. just telling us something about the setting that the characters didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've got uh, so the the twist ending is one of the easiest to be ham fisted and crap, even more so than a tragic ending. I think. Um, for example, now you see me. But the pro <laughs> the reason I think you've, the reason you view it as ham fisted is because you can't help but think that the movie makers think that they're real smart for pulling the wool over your eyes for the whole movie and then revealing at the end that it was just a crazy twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it can be very easily unearned because I think I read a thing about Agatha Christie um, where she says the audience should have all the clues. They should be able to figure it out and the best kind of ending is the one where they, people hear it and they go, Oh, for fuck's sake, of course, because this, 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 and I don't know why I didn't see it. Or something like Now You See Me pissed me off because the audience- the, 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 bullshit. The context of <laughs> yeah. it is that they literally obscure any ability the audience should have to discern the twist. And that's what pissed me off about it. And that's what I think number two did better than number one. Number two still wasn't a great movie, but number two gave you all the clues yeah. throughout. Yeah. I'm no, I've never been a big fan of twist endings. Even the ones that are pulled off like really well mm. is just kind of like, all right, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it can. It it's it's the closest to a gimmick that you can kind yeah. of get yeah. in terms it's really of really hard to get right on. So, um, so next I've got the uh, cliffhanger. Oh wait, just quickly on twist. Do you think there's any like future for it? Because now, because just media and 
stuff is everywhere. Can we ever kind of get a Maybe sixth sense again? Do you independent, the, like an independent film that blows up. Like I don't really believe any big budgets anymore can really write it too They're hard. Probably not ballsy enough to try as well. Uh, I mean, who knows? I think I think for what what is the reason for a twist ending? Like it's it's a big budget film. Like it's not. I don't think it's really in their wheelhouse to put a twist ending in there unless there is. A, an ongoing series in which that will then pay off. Mm. So I think the the twist ending in like an independent film would be something to like add value yeah. to that mm. text. Yeah. Do you consider something like, have you seen um, Inside Lewin Davis? I have, yeah. Do you consider that a twist ending? I didn't at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like, because it's not, it doesn't, change the movie but it recontextualizes mm. things in it i found it really unusual i actually really really like that movie but i couldn't pinpoint why and i think it has something to do with have you seen it josh no. i won't spoil it for you no. but they, <laughs> they do a thing a temporal thing that i found really unique and but it didn't it wasn't like a twist ending in a traditional sense anyway cliffhangers cliffhangers so these ones are the what will happen next sequel and cliffhangers are the most common kind of ending in television, I think as well. Actually, television is a really interesting thing because you c- any episode can either be the, e- you, you have to have the end of the episode, the end of the series, the end of the season, and all three of those can be the same thing yeah. or they can, it can only be one or two. It's really, it's a fascinating thing, but that's what I think TV's always driven to those cliffhangers. It's a challenge to write. Yeah, yeah. they're really, really hard to write well, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so they're kind of like, I mean, the the term comes from the 50s serials where people would literally be hanging off a cliff. What's that going to happen next week? Yeah, and then you come back next week and and those are like the big inspirations for Indiana Jones. Um, uh, This has become like the bread and butter of pretty much every movie franchise yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because as you, they become more television-like, in, yeah. In a sense Although that, I find yeah. I find a lot of television is now, um, they do it between episodes, but the end of the season, this it's kind of the wrapping up of the story and then moving on to another one, and I really like when mm. they do that. But I, I take it you're not a big fan of the cliffhangers, not particularly, no. Um, I think I think it's a really cheap way to end a movie because you're there. Uh, I I watch a movie to watch a movie, yeah, and that makes it feel like it's just a big ad for the next movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I found what was it? Resident Evil Four was that, and that's why I stopped watching it. Whereas all the other ones, they had things and cliffhangers and stuff, but yeah. they finished the story. Whereas Resident Evil Four was literally just an ad. And in, see, in- I I forgave it in the Resident Evil series because you you know that there's always going to be another one, and the other one's going to be just a standalone. It's just a matter of like, like because the Res- Resident Evil, it never stops. Yeah. Like the story never stops. Mm. And it's just kind of like, this is a chapter of that story as a movie. Yeah. But something like Infinity War is like the yeah. ultimate. I mean, that the ending of Infinity War is what destroyed that movie for me. Mm. It's like, it means oh. all of this means nothing. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you reckon if how, if they find a, an ending to, Infinity War Part Two. Let's just call it that for the moment. If that would, they're they going to do the same thing, or they're going to try and actually finish. Like, I hope so. I hope so. Because is if, there a if, way for them to finish it properly? Because obviously they're going to make more movies. 
that's inevitable. Yeah, I but think is there a way for them to finish? It doesn't it? need to be death, but there needs to be change. Yeah, like they they've like <laughs> Last Infinity Jedi War, kind of style. Part one, it's literally just the Marvel formula over and over again. And so it, it, part two, it has to change something. Well, at least to satisfy me. Yeah. I know that I'm mm. in the minority of not liking Infinity War, mm. uh, but I, it has to change. Otherwise, I can't, I can't keep investing energy in, in the Marvel yeah. Cinematic yeah. Universe. Um, it can be done. I, I find it can be done when it's done well. It can be done as like a coda to the main story. So it's not like they finish the themes and the plot. So, I mean, the classic example of like the best cliffhanger ending is back to the future. I think, um, in that, you know, it, it, it's, it's mm-hmm. literally goes off yeah. into the, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? But they finished the main ideas they've set up. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the difference between ending on the like, Oh, well, what's going to happen was like ending the movie. And then, the the cliffhanger is the start of the next story. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I think those are two very different things because you get a whole story and a little bit of the next one yeah. going like, oh, all right, this is interesting. Mm. But if it's just kind of like, oh, this story hasn't ended, you're going to have to come back and pay again. Mm. Yeah. And what sucks is that Back to the Future never really happens now because yeah. everything's a franchise, even like rom-coms and kids' movies and... Fault in our stars, all those kind oh, of things. Fucking like, bad mums got to have sequels. Yeah, I, I <laughs> that, yeah, bad mums and daddy's home. Those are like, like, why, why? Um, and then I've kind of got the last ending. It's the ambiguous ending, which mm. is sort of the one that it's pretty polarizing to to layman audiences. I find. What do you guys think about them? Layman audiences shouldn't watch movies. <laughs> this is true. This is true. They should stay out of cinemas. So and- that's a hot take for this film podcast. Get out. <laughs> We're gatekeeping you all. Fuck off. Or stop being a layman. You know, yeah. Yeah. watch yeah. films and have opinions. Educate yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but for me, this was the ambiguous ending. It leaves like a major question hanging for the audience to ponder relevant to the theme and the plot and sometimes doesn't resolve. Well, it's similar to the twist ending in that it's uh, it could retextualize, recontextualize the whole movie or it could be the end yeah. of, this, of the chapter. And so yeah. you kind of have to choose how you accept that hour or two hours that you've spent watching this movie yeah. and what it means. And the prime example is Inception, obviously. Mm-hmm. Is it a dream or is it not a dream? But I love that people try and work out. The, to me, a good ambiguous thing is that the existence of it being a question is what is relevant to the movie, not the actual answer. Yeah, and uh, What drives with, the entire world. Yeah, especially yeah. with Inception because the idea is not, is he in a dream or is he not? It's that he doesn't care. He yeah. cares about his kids and he's with his kids. Whether that's real or fake is almost irrelevant to the movie. Uh, something like No Country for Old Men as well, Oof. I think is, I mean, that is such <laughs> a masterpiece <laughs> mm. of a movie. There's so many threads left untied and it's irrelevant so to the themes in that last monologue by, um, not Billy Bob Thornton, um, I keep getting him and 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 Billy Dean and that fucking oh, that, that, no. sorry no 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 uh, from the Tommy Fugitive. Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah, thank you yeah. thank so, you um I think they also they have the potential to be the wankiest of the endings <laughs> and there's a lot of like Euro art cinema that is just 
Let's just stop it here because we're we're like making we are artists and things. we want we are, to make we are artists artists. And well, there it, is there is also that that halfway ambiguous ending where it's the implied ending, like you, prisoners. You, yeah, well, oh, you see you yeah. see them raising the gun to their head, but you never hear the never mm. hear the gunshot, and it just kind of yeah. pans away. They from play with your anticipation. See, and like I reckon that's lock. where Birdman should have ended. They should that coda at the end yeah. shouldn't have been there, and I get mm. that. And the coda of that is an ambiguous ending in and of itself. Is it real? Is it not? Is he flying? All that kind of bullshit. But that's the stuff I didn't like. I I, I thought they should have he should have put the gun to his head, and then they just end the movie there. And that would have to me made it. That would have made me love that movie probably as much <laughs> as you do. It's all the weird comet cutaways to like a comet and. That's the surreal elements didn't play with what I wanted from that that thing. Yeah. Um, but I also think it has the potential to be really powerful. Um, the thing has an ambiguous mm. ending, which although like it's like because I don't think it is ambiguous. I think it's just really subtle, and I think it it, it encourages watching but it encourages debate again. because there's debate on it, and then it's something like in Blade Runner is he a is he a replicant is he not I love the question of that. Mm. And that's why I hate that Ridley Scott went on to say, no, he's definitely a replicant, 100%, because I'm like, the question of that movie is, what does it mean to be human? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just fucked that up. The movie's thing Which is Which you ruin your own film, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love that the sequel refused to answer that question as well. Yeah. That was like almost like a willful anti- thing against him but then he went on the press tour as a producer of that movie and then was just like everywhere like Decker's the replicant replicant." and I'm like shut up Ridley Scott (laughs) I definitively refuse that's like this is like the only time I refuse to take the author's statement as fact because the movie doesn't if he if that's the answer then the movie is crap to me the whole movie is crap Mm -hmm. um the Sopranos is obviously a really (laughs) iconic cut to black just a cut to black in the middle of a a conversation um and that worked really well for me and became iconic as well um, so what makes a bad ending? Predictability, I think. Um, predi- but, uh, well, like you said before, if a movie hasn't earned its ending, so yeah. there's no real stakes, there's no real either emotional or physical or character stakes, and the movie just ends, it feels like a waste of time. Yeah, yeah when the ending wastes your time, almost like there's like nothing gets resolved in, like, in this and like not in the sense of ambiguity. Or a twist, it's just like, well, they didn't achieve anything. Nothing yeah. was achieved yeah. in this experience and to me, oh, sorry, you by the characters or the audience. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to like, me, I don't think predictability in and of itself is the flaw. It's when it's predictable and unearned. It's like a combination of two yeah. things. Because something like, like I, we talked about romantic comedies a, a few episodes back. And I, there is no way, 99% of the time, you're totally, you know exactly that they're going to get together in the end. But they can still be good. You can have an, a sort of a, a, a the opposite of that in uh, the unexpected happy ending, like uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, I think is a really great example yeah, of that. Yeah. Or you can have The Proposal, which is the totally expected ending, and both of those are equally as valid. Um, to me, it's kind of when it doesn't match the story. Um, it's like there's no point in leading everyone to believe it's all going to work out, and then suddenly everyone just dies or something. like. like mm. This is one of the reasons why I really hated uh, The Dressmaker. Because there right. was so many arbitrary, oh, Liam Hemsworth just suffocates <laughs> in the middle of a romantic scene. 
And I was like, oh, it's a joke. It's a joke. No, he's dead for real. And they like <laughs> cut to like the morning scene, like being crying over. It. And I'm like, this is not, there's no, it just happened because you needed a thing to happen. And what kind of thing? Let's kill the love interest for no reason. Um, or or uh, the original ending of Dodgeball. Do you guys know about the original? Oh, yes. Yeah, on the, yeah. yeah. They just, they lose the game, roll credits. And it would, that's like, it's like, yeah, we love underdog stories. And sometimes like, it's like, they're trying to go for the Rocky ending. Like, the rest Rocky like ending that works. Yeah. But like, yeah. Well, but see, there's the Adrian, Adrian, like that, Adrian, yeah. that like that's that what is, Matt that's yeah. the, the, yeah. the, the plot. Whereas dodgeball was about the game, about the underdogs and then they just that winning lose. the money. Yeah. And it was kind of, I, that's when I think it becomes like the author trying to come in and be like, we know better than the audience. We can give you something. <laughs> and it, it, that's to me is when it feels unknown and when it's the author kind of stepping in as opposed to following where the story should go. Yeah. And it doesn't have to go to an expected one, but um, Stranger mm-hmm. Than Fiction, I thought, was mm. kind of this. Have you seen that? I have. Yeah. yeah. I Aww. I don't know that I loved the ending of that movie, but I also don't know how it should have ended. Do, have you seen it? Yeah. Do you like it? I I want to like it more than I do. That's yeah. exactly how I feel with it. I, kind of, um, I, I watched it on a nice little cool afternoon too. I, so. <laughs> so you liked it? I, 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 I don't know. It was, it was nice. Well, I just don't nice know watch. why. Like, I don't, because the, um, we're going to spoil this. So, uh, turn your, turn your volume down a bit if, you, if you're worried about spoiling. But like, she, we know the time like, codes. She's going to kill him. She's going to kill him. She decides not to. And then it ends. And I'm like, because her killing him doesn't work either. Yeah. That to me is not a satisfactory ending, but her not killing him is also unsatisfactory and I so I was and I get that that's probably actually the point of the movie and the story yeah it definitely life is stranger is. than fiction mm. it doesn't end how you think it should but I, I I was never satisfied with that one um another one where everything ties up in a neat little bow without motivation the adjustment bureau and I actually really <laughs> loved that movie up until the end I have not seen it. You haven't seen it? I haven't. Basically, I haven't seen it since it came out. It's, it's a little... Can I spoil it for you? Or? Yes, I do not plan it's a, on seeing it's it. A literal, it's a literal... All of the movie up until the end is actually really clever and cool. it's based on a Philip K. Dick story. And um, But basically the ending is they're being chased by the people, things going down, and then basically all the bad guys are surrounding them, so they kiss, and then literally God decides... That they've tried really hard, so he gives them a happy ending. Hmm. It is like literal Deus Literal Deus Ex Yeah, good. And, All and, right. And it was so, there was very much a version of that movie where it, it could have hit one of those like unexpected happy endings. They could have earned it some other way. And instead they don't. They just. Oh, kissing's pretty hard though, Shane. <laughs> um, so, what makes a good ending, like a really good ending? Uh,. Pathos, I think. Pathos, yes. Yeah. So, really feeling like this is that that is something that has been earned yeah. the whole way through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it's expected or unexpected, um, like I'll talk about it in in like like the ending of Kill Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is yes a great ending because literally everything's been leading up to this and they it doesn't follow the the kind of formula of having a big showdown at the end. It's, yeah. it's just a conversation and then it finishes. But then that's not the final scene. The final scene is the emotional yeah. uh, repercussions that that the lead character 
following this, yeah. this rampage yeah, yeah. of revenge. Uh, the roaring rampage yeah. of revenge. I love that. And uh, you, you said, I remember we just, when we sort of started first talking about movies and stuff and you said, and I like it's so true, that final shot on her face mm. is such powerful cinema. It's so good. And her performance in that is really good. Um, I think, too, there's a sense that it should have a sense, but only after you see it, of it being inevitable. Yeah. The ending should feel like it came out of nowhere. And okay, well that happened. It should feel it should have felt inevitable the whole time. But maybe you didn't expect it. Well, there there are there are endings like um a serious man. Uh, Still haven't seen that one. (laughs) I've got it on Blu-ray, but So basically the whole it's a very small story about about basically about a man and his family troubles and his personal things. The ending basically takes you entirely away from that. And something else is happening that kind of recontextualizes the size Ooh, of the problems okay. that you've been spending two hours listening to these characters talk about. And so it's it's a really interesting way to treat the movie. Like the story itself kind of comes to a conclusion, but then yeah. you get this new element added that kind of says, well, surely these characters think that this is important, but look at what else is happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I is the Coen Brothers are really good at endings. They are really good. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the ending of Red State? Uh, it let me down. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't really like the ending of Red State. I wanted to like, I wanted to like the movie a lot more than I did. Again, and mm-hmm. I think the first the first act and the second act really kind of yeah. lived up to it. Got overhyped for me. I didn't enjoy it. Oh really? Yeah. I'll see. I got. I like. I like. I mean, like, like crazy religious mob mentality (laughs) stuff just like it gets me really like wound up but i also get a Mm. lot of um catharsis from that kind of stuff but like the 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 horns going off and all that apparently the original thing he wanted was that it like literally the rapture happens and then they cut to black and it's it's a weird i don't even know if that would that wouldn't have been any better but i don't know if it would have been any worse than what they did um uh what have i got here so it's so when it's like so when it's most perfect and like totally unexpected, like totally wrapped up endings can be satisfying, but the unexpected nature makes the the perfect ending, I suppose, uh, a much more powerful thing in terms of the experience. Uh, I'm reading off my notes, and I this doesn't make any sense English wise. <laughs> I was rushing these. Um, I find punctuation in an ending really really helps visually as well. Something like Prisoners is perfect because of that cut to black. That cuts uh, like yeah. that yeah. happens. Yeah. American so Beauty pacing, is the same, yeah. and they do it for like they do it on uh, Prisoners does it on like a look, and American Beauty does it on a word, and I uh, even Inception does it in just the tiniest little movement, and yeah. those kind of mm-hmm. things really, it's kind of like it make it just it's this last pull into the movie right as it ends, and that kind of really gives you this really interesting, satisfying feeling. Well, it kind of hooks you one last time. Yeah. It yeah. makes you think and then it's like, okay, we're we're done now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, uh, what have I got? Uh, Casablanca has a really good piece of punctuation, but it's not like a visual kind of thing. It's the it's the dolly up. It's the crane up shot. And that's, yeah. Louis, I think you and I will have the beginning of a beautiful <laughs> friendship. Um, <laughs> La La Land has such, like, I mean, Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle's done both the hard stop on Whiplash, yep. which was, I remember seeing that. That was like, <laughs> fuck me. It just was so good. And then La La Land's almost like a a, 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 a fade away. A look yeah. and a fade. A yeah. look and a fade. Yeah. But after that, 
that spectacular kind of moment. Nine minutes of just like recapping yeah. everything and yeah. glorious <laughs> musical stage. Um, Shape of Water is a fade to mm. black as well. A, a lot of a lot of Del Toro's stuff is because he comes from that fairy tale world where it's about a calm. Well, it's really kind close. of leaving that world behind. Yeah, yeah. You the leave the world behind movie. and you take yeah. the 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 message with you. Um, that's a really good place to end. I think that's nice. Uh, so we go with our top five, and we're looking at our top five endings. I thought this would be interesting to hear because <laughs> we all have kind of different opinions. Uh, does anyone want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I have a lot of honorable mentions, so I would like to not go first. Okay, and then you, we can see if I can knock some of Cal, them. Off. Okay, so well, I'll go first, and we'll go me, Josh, and then and Zane. Um, so <laughs> I, my honorable mentions, I've got the mist. I brought it up there. Cool. It, blew me away when I first saw it and it, it's it's been a while since I've seen it I want to watch the black and white version to see how well that plays but um I mean that's such a ballsy and perfect ending to me and I'd never seen a tragedy that hard hitting <laughs> uh and that just miserable like even something like um uh, uh, Requiem for a Dream, I think, is nowhere near as miserable as The Mist, and yet everyone calls Requiem for a Dream a more yeah. miserable movie. <laughs> um, I th- actually, saddest ending to a movie, I think, for me so far, uh, The House of Sand and Fog. Have you seen that one, Zane? Mm-hmm. That movie is fucking miserable. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't quite get why everyone, because to me, Requiem for a Dream three quarters of the people deserve their endings and, and even a yeah, little bit um, yeah. what's uh, Ellen Burstyn, but she's the most tragic of them. Whereas the others you're like, well, you're fucking, that's yeah. what you get. Um, but the house of sand and fog is just like, it's so <laughs> bad. But um, uh, so it's the next on my honorable mentions, I've got the social network. Yeah. Yep. I think the social network Beautiful. had one of the most poignant, things and it's it's that it's the mirror image the opening of the movie is him face to face with her in a room full of people the end is him looking at her facebook profile in an empty room mm. and it's so such a perfect coda and fincher isn't the one you usually associate with everything being wrapped up in a perfect bow but it's wrapped up yeah so fincher-esque and it really really hits the theme of that movie to a T, I really love that. La La Land, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have put Whiplash here because Whiplash is, but it's Is this not. your honourable mentions? Or your this is my honourable mentions. I mean, Whiplash should have been in my top five, but um, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yep. I mean, I just saw that recently and it's it's so perfect. It's so perfect. So nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Up <laughs> is the last of my honourable mm. mentions. Up is really good. Um, it's that shot and it's specifically not like the way the narrative, it's the shot of the house drifting and landing yeah. in yeah. the exact place where they imagined it. Like that movie is, is every, that's my favorite. It's only my top five of all time, pretty much. Um, but my top five ending. <laughs> but your top five of all time is. Cause top five movies, but <laughs> yeah. top five endings, okay. I think. Uh, number five, this would be an interesting choice. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. The 1974 Toby yeah. Hooper. It's shot beautifully. It's it's that is one of my favorite so. ending shots in the history of cinema. It's so powerful. It says so much. Every time I think about it, it makes me want to go back and watch the movie. But that movie is such a, a difficult one to sit it is through. It's a hard watch. If you're in, it's a hard yeah. watch, and it's not even that violent. No. It, but it's so, so poignant. Everything's disgusting and sweaty yeah, and gross just and gross. dirty. Yeah, yeah. I, and and that end shot, him swinging it around in the sunset, like. That is as pure as cinema gets, I think. Mm. Um, 
uh, one, this is an interesting one. I don't know if it would be in my top five if I was just saying my top five favorite movies with great endings, but me and Earl and the Dying Girl oh, had a re- <laughs> <laughs> had a really, you don't know, you can say it too, you can listen to it too, but it had a really good unexpected ending, I think because of what it said about like it's the things that she leaves inside the books and that moment is so strong and it's so unexpected and so poignant and there's so much depth to it that I feel like I've seen it like three times now and I still feel like I haven't watched that movie Mm. fully yet. Um, Number three is Casablanca. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect. It is such a perfect script. It really is, and I know it's such a cliche I'll to say that. Take that one off my honorable mention. Oh, okay, good. Um, it's like it's such a cliche to say it's a perfect ending, but it is such a perfect ending. It just—I've seen that on a cinema twice now, and then I've watched it at home on DVD over and over again, and it, it never—it is, is never gets old. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's that's as close to perfect as writing in cinema can get. I think anyway. Um, uh, me. This one will probably come off your list as well. Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> it's not on my top five. No. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, to that ending p- breaks me every time because it, because it, it's so because the context for the audience is also asking a question yet yeah. giving you the yeah. happy ending and it ah oh, it breaks me every time because it's such a perfect fairy tale. Um, and then my number one. And it's because this was my number one favorite movie of all time for a very long time. Um, is American Beauty mm. that I remember hitting the end of that movie, and then there was just two days where I was in rapture at the ideas that that ending left me with. Yeah, and it changed the way I looked at the world. And it, it's still I haven't watched it in a while. I don't know if I want to bring myself to watch it, but it's hard given events. But I'll try, but it's, yeah, I, I mean, that that cut to black. And that's why I, I kind of find, I mean, I say that my feature film doesn't cut to black, but when I, I'm designing endings, a lot of them shape towards that yeah. cut to black more than they do a, a fade out because that to me just hits so strongly. Anyway, Josh, what are your top five? Yeah, so endings are difficult to assess because obviously we have all the ones that we really love it sometimes some films are like oh i like this ending better or like the entire film better depending yeah. on what mood i'm yeah, in that's but, a struggle uh, i had <laughs> yeah so uh so sort of honorable mentions is really one because i sort of moved it off my list was the usual suspects just because it's one of my favorite twists that's <sighs> now just, he's gone yeah and then there's the the cop dropping the coffee cup it's just like everything he's like walking on the room he's like ah and then the foot like just watching his foot yeah. change and then yeah. i was just like oh i honestly think that ending has been ruined by, by pop, pop culture. culture. Yeah. Like I, I watched it so before I, it I knew the ending mm. and it was, it was good, but like now I can't watch it without the coffee cup like, dropping in slow motion Ugh. is now just yeah. everywhere. It's become a cliche. And that was the first movie to do yeah. it. Yeah. And I think, I think going back because it was the first movie to do it, it was so elaborate and so labored. So like spelling everything, everything out so was everyone like, could see. <gasps> yeah. And yeah. Just, and now it feels long and drawn out. Mm, and exactly. Yeah. Um, another one, so I'll go straight to the top five. This is actually remind like I just got reminded of this recently. Psycho, like the ending of Psycho. Oh yeah, like the one hundred five. So like sort of the meeting of the minds of like Norman and his mother. Like you f- see, like I wouldn't have uh, a fly. I love the the overlay of the crossfade, the skull, the crossfade on, and the, the skull. It's the skull and the car. Yeah. yeah, and the hair like in the yeah, car. Yeah, that's such uh, a good one. That's my favorite Hitchcock. Yeah. I haven't seen 
as no, um, much I as not, of his I really as like I want West to. A lot. I haven't watched that one yet. That one and um, Rear Window, the two like Ooh, really iconic Rear ones that I just yeah. haven't got. Yep. I own North by Northwest on Blu-ray. Yeah. It's on the pile. Okay, <laughs> your, your famous pile. Okay, uh, number four is Empire Strikes Back because. The great midpoint. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a pretty obvious one, but I just sort of I like that sort of this. It's sort of the midpoint of the series, like um, this grand re- revelation, and then where are they now? Like Han has like lost the carbonite. He's going to Jabba. Like this is like oh, what's going on? And it just ends in this sweeping. They're coming out of the ship. He's just like. It's got a new hand. It's like, where's it all going? It's exciting. And then a cliffhanger. The cliffhanger. It's ending. nice, a nice cliffhanger. But also think back to like 1980 when it came out and I had to wait another three years for like the next one's like, oh my God, even, three years? I think it was three years back then. Jesus. It wasn't a yearly release like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my number three is the Truman Show. Oh my God. Yeah. So like, like Truman like finally takes agency and he's just like, he's just like, I'm, I haven't filmed what's inside my head he's gonna like you don't know what's gonna happen to him but like he's sort of like what's the repercussions of like this experiment like really what's how's it gonna affect his life how's he gonna interact now like what's gonna happen and i love visually like if they just he goes good afternoon good evening good night and then leaves and they went to credits that would have been good but Mm. the coda that they put on that is even more perfect Mm. yeah because of what it says Mm. fuck i need to rewatch that movie it's been a long time it's really been a long long time uh and my number two is also me and i want to dangle because (laughs) even throughout the entire movie they're like this isn't a love story or you think maybe there's hope for her to survive and then once you see her, her death in that film, just, oh, oh, that ruined me. That ruined me real bad. And then he's going through her room looking for her things. It's just like, that was a, an emotional time. Yeah. It's like, I, I was alone crying. So, uh, and then number one for me is Whiplash. Cause yeah. recently this, like that question again, it's just like, you got Fletcher's approval, but at what cost? Like, yeah. What cost is this? And then, and it's like, that ending is full of like, it's a nine minute, Fucking yeah. drums all and it's it's pure crazy, cinema because it's all crazy. visual storytelling. And, and pure visual storytelling. Always, always, as the credits are rolling, I'm imagining him driving out of that car park and just running Fletcher down. <laughs> 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 yes, just gouging his eyes with the drumsticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh um, those are mine. What are you saying? All right, honorable mentions: Sunset Boulevard. Yep. Yep. Good. Oh it's God, great. yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm, I, I go to the pool shot, and I'm like, no, no, it's Norma. Yeah. into the camera. Yeah, she she waits for the press to show up before she goes with the police. Have you seen it, Josh? Oh my God, you need to watch Billy Wilder's stuff. Is fucking mm. good. The Godfather. Yeah. Door. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. I need to rewrite it. <laughs> my, rewrite my, what? Rewrite. Rewrite my happy endings. Godfather? Oh wait, it'll probably be on your list. I think it's your on your list. It's another Billy Wilder one. Mm-hmm. Is that on your list? I've got a lot. I've got a lot of honorable mentions. Have you got a, the Billy Wilder one? The, the... What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Is that on, okay, yeah. That'll be, that'll be my new number one. Sorry. Anyway, go. Um, <laughs> now, TV, Breaking Bad. I still haven't finished. Yeah. Yeah. You terrible person. I thought, see, but yeah, hey. The, I've the, also got the, the Sopranos on there. Can I just say, this, yeah. can I just say, when last we spoke about Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. You said, I watched the first season. I don't need to watch any more of it. That was literally the last conversation we'd had. Because you're like, I like But that it. was like 10 years ago, right? Not quite 10 <laughs> years ago. It was like five years ago, maybe. Well, I've definitely watched it all. <laughs> so 10 years ago when the series started. Just yeah. Pretty much. Just watch pretty that. Much. <laughs> uh, there will be blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. final interaction. That's and then, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
I know I'm not going to spoil it because things. Memento. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the others. Still haven't seen it, but I know the twist. <laughs> good. Is it good? Is it still enjoyable if you know the twist? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know. And it's still enjoyable if I don't it. like Nicole Kidman. Uh, probably not. <laughs> There's a lot of Nicole Kidman being Nicole Kidman. But in is that she movie. good, Nicole? Because I've seen her in good. She's stuff. good, Nicole Kidman. Okay, well that's good. I love Moulin Rouge. Uh, Ex Machina. The oh yeah yeah mm. yeah. Just yeah. the whole ending sequence. Mm. I, I've mentioned a serious man before. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah, 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 the, yeah. The press conference Iron Man, no. and some like it hot. Some like it hot is would is be it, in my number it's one. A great joke. That is. But it's it's also so relevant and it's so thematically strong as yeah. well as just being fucking great punchlines. It's great that that I remember seeing that for the first time and I got to see it big and that just killed. I was like, <laughs> that would be, or if not my number one, my number two. Yeah. Like it's so good. I love that movie. Now, well, I've spoken. Look, uh, number five is the thing. I think yep. it's a great ending to that film. Amazing ending. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a great ending to that film without being explicit about why it's a great ending to that film. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't spell it out, but it doesn't hide anything as well. Yeah. Um, number four is Dr. Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. That, that, That's on the, the bomb when he's on the bomb. Well, it's, it's more Dr. Strange Love's speech. Yeah. Um, as he stands it's up. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite films. And honestly, yeah. my top four are, all on my favorite film list. La La Land is not my number three. Yeah. Mm. Whiplash is my number two. Mm. And Kill Bill is my number one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the ending of Kill Bill. Yeah. Is- it's so perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a really good place to start. Thank you for being on this week, Zane. You're welcome. Uh, thank you to our audience. And not thank you to you, Josh, though. You're here every week, aren't you? Almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly. Nearly. Uh, solid B+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for listening. Um, you can find you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers. And you can email us. Email us some questions and stuff. We'd love your feedback. We'd love your questions. We could do a Q&A if you want, and on email at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. You can hassle me on Twitter at that son, that's Katie or Caps and on Instagram at underscore that's son, that's kid. And I'm on Twitter at Zane C. Weber. Woo. Uh, thank you all for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.